With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the AI Premier League Preview Pod. Uh, on this week's pod, we'll be looking ahead to the upcoming game against Newcastle. Rafa's return, another one, to Anfield uh, and uh, discussing how we think that game is going to be going, but also talking a little bit about how Liverpool are doing in general. It's, it's, it's a positive time. It's a fun time for the Reds fans. And uh, let's face it, there's, um, there's plenty of good stuff to talk about. So on the, on the pod this week, I'm, I'm joined by Jake Jackman. Newcastle fan and writer for EPL Index and AI regular Guy Drinkle, host of the Academy Pod. Good to speak to you guys. Good to speak to you, Harry. So Newcastle first, and uh, uh, Jake, just to bring you in and um, sort of discuss a myriad of different things that we can really, I guess we could start with, but just to focus on the pitch just for now, and we'll touch upon some of the off-pitch um, off issues in due course. I mean, what did you make of that performance against Bournemouth then? Because it looked like everything was everything was going swimmingly, and then of course, um, you know, considering that goal really late on to to draw the game two two, Raffle obviously caused, um, calling it a, a massive uh, two points dropped. I mean, what did you think of that performance on a whole? Was it was it really a case of sort of two different different halves? Um, uh, was there a tactical error behind sort of the the switch around? What, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good performance. I thought on the whole, I think I think we probably deserved to win the game. It was just a another example of a, a lack of game management on our part. We've had it quite a lot recently. I think in our last four Premier League matches, we've taken the lead. We've only won once, and that was against Manchester United. So yeah, that's not a great record to have, but it's sort of a worrying statistic going into the last few games. But I thought against Bournemouth, we, it was it was very much a counter-attacking performance. We sort of looked to to soak up the pressure against Bournemouth. We, we were good. We were a good home team. I mean, it's it's. Before the game, I probably would have taken a point. I would have thought a point was quite a good one, but but reflecting on it, it wasn't it wasn't so good. But you know, we're taking four points from Manchester United and and Bournemouth. We probably would have had that before. Um, so we would have taken that before. So that was it's, it's sort of okay. But on the game itself, we uh we scored two goals in the first half. Dwight Gale going up two 0 and, and our problem this year has been scoring the second goals. So it's really encouraging that we did that. And then the second half we had chances again I think I think it could we could have went three maybe even four nil up Perez had a good chance Shelby had a really really good chance that he probably should have scored and as soon as that he missed that it sort of Bournemouth went straight up the other end and scored and it's sort of one of those things in the Premier League if you if you two nil seems like a comfortable score but once you concede one uh, especially away from home and and the home team have got another 10 sort of 12 minutes to get another one it's that it's it's difficult to hold hold on um i don't think it was a, a tactical error i think shelby's been picked out on match of the day and, and, yeah. and places like that for his lack of effort it's since come out that he's, he's picked up an injury whether or not it maybe should have been taken off before those last 10 minutes i, I don't know but um I think it's just a lack of experience, and I, it's just one of those weird things of football that momentum just went for Bournemouth, and you know it's 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 as much as 
the, the first goal was a good goal. It, you know, it, was, it wasn't much error on our part apart from Shelby sort of just with his hands and his knees in the middle of the pitch, which isn't a great look, but it was disappointing. Probably is two points dropped, but also, you know, it's, it's another point and every point is sacred to us at the moment. So we've got, to, we've got to take that and we've got to take the positives because at this point in the season, there's no point, in, you know, ruin just no, absolutely. thinking about it, overthinking, you know, just got to take the positives, move on and try and get, a few, you know, push on to safety. Yeah. And then, I mean, as a Liverpool fan, obviously, I was very relieved when we went to Bournemouth earlier in the season and and did the job this time. But we know too well, actually, that you know it it can be a difficult place to go to, especially when they get momentum on their side and pushing for an equaliser late on. Um, yeah, I would imagine that is difficult. Though it it is, I have to admit, also as as a Liverpool fan, it's really amusing to see um, games against Burnley, Palace, um, United, um, and uh, and Bournemouth. And of course, Man United were the one team you managed to to keep at bay without them scoring somehow, um, which is a uh, which of course was a really heroic performance. I mean, just looking back at that, I mean, it, it, I was struck by, of course, just how long it's been since that game um, with the various breaks and cup breaks that have been that have been on, and Liverpool have had their fair share of time off as well. But um, just in, in in that Man United performance, I think plenty of people sort of lauded the way in which you defended. I know, I know Mourinho tried to distract from the fact that perhaps they actually weren't um, Man United weren't as good on the day as they should have been, uh, and talked about some incredible defending on your part. But what have you noticed in recent performances? Because obviously, if you look back at the end of last year, uh, November and December, and aside from one draw late in November. Um, that was the only thing that was stopping it from being about eight consecutive defeats in the league. So what is it that Raf has done to turn things around, um, albeit conservatively, um, since the start of the year? Because, of, of course, just one loss since the start of the year to, of course, Manchester City, which I think you, you would allow. Yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a year of, of learning. We have a very young squad and, and Raf has often talks about it in, in press conferences and interviews that he's done. That it's, that it's a squad that's learning and, and they don't have the experience of, of maybe seeing off games and doing the the small things that you need to do to to win premier league matches such as you know professional fouls uh to to make time going to the corner to uh, and just using things like that just really small things that maybe we're not so good at um i think we started the season relatively well i think um you know we we got i think four wins in a row um and then we we got the draw against you in in the first first game which it was we had a good platform and then we went on that horrendous run sort of coincided with Jamal Sales getting injured i think our our record of him in the team is like maybe like uh less nearly a goal conceded a game when he's playing and then when he's not playing it's sort of three goals conceded a game it's a massive difference not only as him as a player but his leadership and everything so that was a big reason why we had that long run i think it was one point out of 27 available which isn't great uh either side of that i think we've been a very competent Premier League team. I'd say, I'd say outside of that run, we probably one of the top 10 teams, I would say. I think, I think probably if you worked at average points as well, it would be. It's just that run has really just hindered us. And I think we're so close to being a, a good, uh, just a, a very safe mid-table team. We, we've missed opportunities in transfer windows, but that's another issue. What, what Benitez has actually done is made us quite difficult to break down I think we we may be average the lowest percent possession but we don't need it we're very well organized off the ball uh we do create chances we've got players that can do that it's just, it's just a lack of just a lack of lack of experience like I've mentioned a, a little bit lack of quality as well I think if we'd have a few better players we'd probably be doing better but I I, I think it's, it's we are getting better like the last four games 
we may have only won one of them, but we've taken the lead against Burnley, Palace, and then Bournemouth. There's three sort of established Premier League teams, I'd say now, and and we're more than holding our own. Probably deserved a lot more than than the six points we got out of those matches. So, yeah, I, I think I think looking at the bottom of the table, I know how tight it is. We, I think we went into last weekend, could finished it in. 10 for 19 which is just incredible yeah that's incredible down there but I think I'm fairly confident about it I think there are teams that are worse off and and going in the opposite direction Uh, oh yeah apologies your your former custodian uh, Big Alan uh, I think he's uh, he's, uh, he's really really going to struggle I mean I I think to have you always talk about the bump that new managers have when arriving at a club and if if you want to call it a bump for him, I think it's been more like a, a, a kind of just crashing straight into any sort of hurdle. They've been absolutely abysmal since he joined, apart from, of course, turning us over in the cup, which was very nice of them, of course. But um, just one thing I want to touch on is, um, despite all the goodwill that's out there towards Rafa, and we'll touch upon that in in a little, in a little bit, Around the time of the City defeat, I think that people were talking about sort of the, the approach to which he was taking with games and being incredibly conservative. For example, you mentioned the possession stats there. Um, and I think that's been, that's been covered quite a lot recently and, and people sort of talking about negativity of teams in general. But um, highlighting Newcastle as an example, I, I just wondered what the fans' opinions were of it. Is there sort of a general sort of understanding that, look, based on the resources and the youth of the players that we have, it's completely understandable that he's taking the approach that he is. Um, or is there is there an element of frustration around you know, this pretty, I'd say, it's, it's, it's got more prominent this season, there's a narrative around um, Rafa being negative in, in certain games. Yeah, I, I think I think there is an understanding. We New, Newcastle fans know that our squad it maybe isn't the best in the league and we need to play a certain way to, to win matches. We're not going to dominate possession and play really nice football and and play teams off the park we're going to have to be resilient we're going to have to defend we're going to have to 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 maybe have a bit of luck i think that's important for any promoted team uh even newcastle you know we 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 may have been established once but we're not at the moment and rafa's done a really good job in making us all of that like newcastle famously and not good at defending we've had some awful defenders uh bramble boom song to name to name just two uh we famously known for not being able to defend there was the liverpool six nil a few years ago with Pardew. you know we, we're not we never really had a good defense in the premier league the kevin keegan years as well um but that's something different we've actually this team at the moment knows how to defend. We against Manchester City, we we and we conceded four goals across the two games. I think there's not going to be many teams that concede fewer than that this season against them across two matches. Like that's that's quite a good record. Yes, it might not have been the best watch, but it's effective to an extent. And and our goal difference reflects that. And given the tightness of the league, I think that's going to be quite important. So I think there's an understanding. Um, since 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 the new year, we've been a little bit more attacking. I think, especially away from home, there's a little bit more freedom for the players. They do look look to get forward, and we got some players, uh, Kennedy, Atsu. They they're pretty quick, and they can do some damage on on the break. So it's yeah, it's it's a like I said, it's a year of learning. And and if we stay up, that's 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 the first thing. I think I think if we do that, then I think we've got something to build on. If there's money available, that's another question. Yeah, of course, and the, I guess that brings us nicely on then to that sort of off the pitch issues and. From the outside, I think it seems that you know, Liverpool fans are always going to be affectionate towards Rafa Benitez. Although there's always been sort of divided opinions on him, but to be honest, uh, I think 
now, or, or by this point, the majority of the fan base has come around to the idea of just how wonderful a guy he is and uh, and how hugely beneficial he was to the club um, in his time here. But um, it, it seems that across the league, there's there seems to be this sort of genuine warmth towards Rafa, aside from, I guess, um, amongst the Chelsea fans, <laughs> let's face it. So um, is it generally sort of agreed amongst the championship, uh, amongst the fan base, as you were mentioning earlier on, that he's doing a good job with the squad that you have and um, really it's just a case of um, doing anything you can to stay up this season. For a while there haven't been, hasn't really been any further expectations based on a lack of investment. Is that is, is that correct way to see it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think there's there's not many managers that have a a better standing with with their fan base than, than Benitez does uh, with Newcastle. And I think that's one of the major reasons why he wants to be at the club. You know, that's it's been spoken about a lot. But that final game against Tottenham in in the fifteen sixteen season when we went down, he, the fans sort of chanted to him for him all game, and it, that that feeling's not really changed since. Uh, I think sometimes maybe a little bit overkill where. Anybody criticising anything, you're not allowed to criticise anything Benitez does because you know he shouldn't be at Newcastle. We should be we're lucky to have him, things like that. I wouldn't go that far. I think he 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 would as well as spoken about how he, he's not going to always make the right decisions. But he, it's quite amazing that he's with us. Like I I still think he's one of the best managers in the world, and he just yeah he's just it's it's interesting. He, he's a, at the moment for Newcastle, he, he just offers hope, and as long as he's at the club, I think supporters. Will remain hopeful that something better is going to come. I think the, the worrying thing would be if he left. I think it would. There's been sort of protests before, but I think if 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 Benitez left, uh, whether we stayed up or didn't, um, you know, I think that it would it would be worrying. I, I see where Sunderland are at the moment in the Championship, and I wouldn't want to say we'd do that, but it wouldn't. Yeah, it's, at the moment, Rafa offers hope for a better future. Uh, as, as silly as that sounds, is what he offers. He's he's more than just a manager. He he offers no, of he offers the, just just hoping we've we've been pretty average since Mike Ashley bought the club. Um, I think since he bought the club, we've been in Europe once, and it, since then I think it's been eleven years. Um, before that, we were in Europe pretty much every season. So it's just been an, a very bad regression under Mike Ashley. Uh, yeah, I just and and just just Rafa just offers a hope, but it's whether or not it turns into anything significant, I don't know. But as long as he's a, the, the, he will have the full back and the the fans, and I think as long as he's a, yeah, there's gonna there's we've got potential. But if he yeah. goes, I'd, I'd be worried where we'd go next. No, I remember sort of speaking to Newcastle fans over the years and really just talking about. I think. Um, Prior to sort of the relegation that you guys had been through, and um, quite a while a while ago now, we're sort of talking about when there was the Alan Pardew years when you were, you were doing reasonably well, but didn't seem to have any sort of ambition to do anything further. The cup runs didn't seem to have any sort of direction behind them. Um, there'd be sort of weird rotation policies, and you'd question what the point was. Obviously, you fantastic fantastic to be in the Premier League, but there didn't seem to be any sort of direction whatsoever. It was just staying put, doing exactly what you wanted to, to, to do. And in some ways now, I can understand that appearing attractive, etc. But um, I think what you mentioned there about Rafa offering a sense of hope and uh, that, of course, without him prior to him as well, I think was was largely absent, I think. But um, you mentioned Mike Ashley. He's, God, he's been despised for as long as I can remember now by uh, the majority of the Newcastle fan base. I think the majority of the league knows exactly what he's about as well. He would probably argue he's won you 
uh, as, as a good business, but of course there's been very, very limited, if any sort of success on the, on the pitch. Um, his refusal to come to an agreement then recently with, um, um, with, with, with Stavley over the sale of the club, um, is, that's just the final straw, I'm guessing. I mean, has that changed anything in terms of the way in which fans are protesting? Uh, what are your thoughts on the current ownership situation then? And, uh, what more can fans do? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because there's, there's very much the, the position of backing the team and backing Rafa until the end of the season and, and trying to get and, and support the players as much as we can. But there's also that same feeling that we don't want Mike Ashley at our club anymore. So it's, I, there's not been much protesting, which is, I think maybe is one of the, the effects that Rafa has. And maybe that's why he's so important to Mike Ashley as much as he is to, to the, to the, the supporters because he sort of takes the, uh, takes the heat off him a little bit, but, it's yeah, there's still there's still some some in the media that sort of talk about him doing a good job. But if you look at there's so many stats to look at with Newcastle. He, obviously, two relegations that's that's awful. Um, we've gone from being one of the top twenty richest clubs to being pretty much irrelevant in that discussion. Uh, the European star I mentioned earlier, that one, um, it's just and and he's asset stripped the club. He's sold off a lot of land around St James Park that we could have built on, which we now can't because it's student accommodation. There's a lot of stuff that is just he he's not. If he's running it as a business, he's not running it as a very good business. Let's put it that way. I think Newcastle had a lot more potential when he bought it, and we're a lot higher. We were sort of in a similar position to where Tottenham were. We were level, I'd say, level pegging with Tottenham when he bought the club around 2007. Uh, very similar position, and they've gone one direction, and we've gone a completely other. So it's, yeah, it's, it's. I don't think there's a single Newcastle fan that would praise it his ownership as a whole there's been a few good things i think our ticket prices are good i think <laughs> that's pretty much it but i think it, 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 there's been a few bright spots during that ownership but it's, it's not a lot to cling on to in terms of the takeover i don't think it's anything's that close to happening i don't i think he's probably going to be here for a little while yeah i don't think amanda Stavely was ever that serious a buyer for for me she never convinced me that she had the money or the sort of the ability to buy Newcastle with a lot of PR and maybe I don't know what she'd gain from it but I don't I never really saw her as a as a potential buyer I don't think she was that serious and so I don't blame Mike Ashley for that one although I don't know everything about it I just I'm not convinced by her but I think that'll be interesting Newcastle um the latest reports have been that the the lack of increase in television revenue for the new deal has done more to make him want to sell i think he's waiting around to see if that went up he was expecting quite a big increase but that hasn't come it's sort of stayed the same so i think so we might see some movement over the summer if newcastle stay up i it, it's an uncertain thing to, to sell a premier league club especially one that is in a relegation battle nobody wants to buy it unless it's survived so you know if we survive going to the summer i think we might see something happen but yeah i, I think we're reaching the end game with my gosh i don't think it would be a in two to three years' time, but we might still have him for a little while yet. And is there any indication about Rafa's future and it being tied to either the, you know, say you got relegated, would you imagine he would leave then if you stay up? Um, is he is he going to stay? Or, or is, his, is his future really tied to, I guess, what happens with Mike Ashley? There's an obvious discord there. There's an obvious um, breakdown in, in any relationship there. There's been such a lack of investment and support for the manager, it seems. On the pitch, in terms of transfers, that um, you do, you do get a sense that, that there's only so much Rafa can do, um, despite an emotional attachment and, and commitment to the fans. Um, 
what's your view on his future and, and and what it's tied to yeah it's difficult um i i don't think he's that certain to go i think if we got relegated i think he'd go almost certainly but i think if we stayed up i, th- I think he'd likely stay um listening talk out i listened to him i think it was a game podcast the, the times podcast he was on there and oh, yeah. he was uh he was talking about George how Culkin, um, wasn't it? Think so, yes it was it was um and he was uh talking the way he spoke about newcastle didn't and he sort of was still speaking about the future and how he wants to achieve so much more i still think he's got that ambition to do it and he's got that 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 sort of fire to, to achieve with newcastle i think he would stay if we stayed in the premier league but I think it's it's reaching a it's reaching a, an uncertain point. I think with Mike Ashley, he he would, I think he he needs Rafford to stay. If there's not a sale on the any close to happening, I think he needs Rafford to stay more than 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 Rafford needs to stay. I think it's uh that what would happen to to the fan base and, and protests and things like that would just wouldn't be good for Mike Ashley. Especially the club with Rafa Benitez as manager, you'd imagine is more valuable prospect. It is. It, it loses a lot of value if he loses Benita. So I, th- I think as well in our first summer back, we just we just come up. We'd have a, had a season in the championship, and that had hit on our finances. So I could sort of understand the lack of spending to a point. I think maybe he could have back, bet on Rafa a little bit more, given him a bit of money with the thought that staying up, we'd get the money back. But you know, I don't think there's an excuse not to spend the summer if we stay up. I think we've we've got a, a, a full season of television money. We've you know, we 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 should have that in the bank. We've still got the some Sissoko money, I'd imagine somewhere. So I, I, there's no excuse, and he, he sort of has to. So it, I think Rafa will stay to see what happens at the start of the summer. But if if transfers aren't happening, if money's not going to be spent, I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave before the start of next season. But I think he's gonna gonna stay and try, you know, try and see out another season at least, and and see out the Mike Ashley era and, and into a new ownership. But I, I don't think he's certain to stay. There's not been a lot of talk about it recently. He seems to be rather happy, or at least, you know, it, it's difficult to tell. I, I don't think it's, it's certain to happen, but, I, you know, it's difficult. I, I don't, it's impossible to predict, really. Yeah, it's hard to predict, obviously. I think plenty of people sort of know a lot about the man in terms of his emotional attachment, his commitment to to the fans and 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 the way in which you know, he can really embrace the city and, and, and understand the city, I think, as well. And, just what you were talking about there in terms of the the relationship that he he does have with the fan base and you, and you think about what happened prior to him joining Newcastle and sort of the way in which despite successes at, ver- at various clubs and positions that he was in um getting huge amounts of disrespect from from the fan base no no real affection towards him and um i think that's a huge obviously a huge part in him staying at Newcastle and and being so tied to the job but um yeah it'll certainly be interesting i do like the idea of this sort of Finding Sissoko money down the back of the sofa <laughs> and and just hidden here and there and everywhere because uh, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm sure Tottenham are still searching for that money as well because uh, I think he saw their record signing which is a, a really remarkable feat. But um, uh, just one question before we came on, we come on to sort of how you think um, you're going to approach the game this weekend. But um, and, and maybe, maybe touch upon some key players, but. Just want your sort of thoughts on on, on Ginny Wanyaldum. Uh, if, if you've seen any of him since he since he's joined Liverpool, uh, I think the chorus of fans telling us, "Oh, he won't turn up away from home," which we get it now, we get it, we understand. Um, um, just what have you made of him since, since he's joined Liverpool? Do, do you think he's uh, kicked on as a player? 
yeah, I, th- I think he's improved uh, noticeably. Um, he played. He was a different player for Newcastle. He was sort of one of our main attackers. He played on the left wing, and he, he I think he scored eleven goals in the season he played for us. So he's, he's a different. He's different now. He plays. He plays more of a, a central midfield role, and he's not the. He's not the most advanced one either, so it's it's difficult. The away record's always gonna gonna tarnish him. I don't understand how a player can be so so different away from home than he is at home. But I think he's he's good on the ball. He's intelligent. I think he suits Klopp well. I think he works hard. I, I think he's a good player. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's, he's better. He's better than some other players in your midfield. I'd go to that far. <laughs> okay, so, okay, let's not. <laughs> but no, I, th- I think he's he's improved. Maybe he's not gonna be a. a a start a few long term. I don't, maybe he's not pushed on enough over the last twelve months, but still think he's he's a he's, he's a decent player, good on the ball. Like I said, intelligent, can read the game well. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it definitely a decent squad player you can build on for the for for mm. the next few years at least. I'm just like, touching upon the midfield as well. Obviously, he was a um, more of a winger for you guys, but um, in in terms of players this season that you think have been key players, obviously. A, Bassell, you mentioned there as well, and um, Shelby beforehand are players who sort of, who sort of been covered more readily in the papers in terms of their influence on the team. But um, who would you identify as, ha- as having been key for you this season? I, I think with what you were talking about in terms of your defensive record with Bassell and without it, that's a pretty um, pretty phenomenal sort of a trend there. But is is it really as simple as those two, or? Have there been any, any sort of big surprises this season? Yeah, I'd say those two uh, have probably been two of our more important players. Lascelles, especially, I think, has been linked to a move to Chelsea this week, fifty million, which sort of shows how well he's done and how his reputation has gone on. And perhaps an even a World Club Cup place could be could be there for him if he continues and we stay up. He's just such a born leader. And Chelsea signing a young English player. Yeah, <laughs> whether or not it happens or not, I don't know. But uh, it's certainly been it's it's. It's good and bad to see him get that sort of uh, recognition. But yeah, other players that have, have been important, I'd say Paul Dummett has been very important since he's come back into the team. He came in just um, just after that bad run, and he, he's he's not he's he's not the greatest player to watch. He's not going to fly up the left wing. He's not going to put in crosses. But he's just very reliable, a very solid defender. Um, completely got the better of Martial a couple of weeks ago, and he's just. He's just very reliable. He's never goes under a seven out of ten. So I think, especially if you're fighting relegation, you need that sort of consistency. Uh, and he, he's come for our academy, so it's good to see him, and to you know, do really well in the Premier League because maybe he wasn't there before. But I think he's coming a lot under Benitez. So I think he's he's been one of our key players. And recently, one of the surprising players for us has been Modi Arme. He's been really, really, really good. I think. He got booed off when we played Everton around December time. He was, every time he got picked, he'd, he, he, supporters would complain, saying how bad he was. But he's probably become our most important player in the last few weeks. He's been really, really good, um, winning the ball back a lot, very good uh, in those sort of midfield battles, good at distributing as well, playing some nice passes and scoring a couple of crucial goals. So, yeah, he's been very important recently. So he's going to be one to that we hope has a good game at the weekend because, you know, he, we had Marino at the start of the season, but he's sort of gone off the boil after an injury. And the way he stepped up and sort of upped his game, Diame, you know, he's been around the Premier League for a long time, but he had a couple of years in the Championship, one with Hull, one with Newcastle. So it's good to see him getting back to that level and, and showing that he can still compete at this level. So, yeah, I think he's he's going to be important for the, for the last 10 games. Yeah, I see, see some really good combination play between him and Shelby as well, which is 
surprised me in terms of some of the discipline that that they showed, especially against Man United. It was it was very impressive the way in which they linked up with each other and showed calm heads in 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 what was obviously a very tough situation when you're defending so so much with uh, your backs against the wall. I guess it was uh, yeah, it was impressive to see how that worked. But um, just to touch upon the weekend's game then. I mean, obviously coming to Liverpool. Uh, I mean, earlier in the season, you managed to uh, get a draw without seemingly having a shot on target, which was uh, which was an inc- an incredible uh, <laughs> incredible achievement. I'm still trying to watch that replay in my mind as to how um, Hosselu scored that goal. Um, <laughs> but um, I think since uh, since the the Spurs game, really, I mean, there's been there's been a few blips, but Liverpool have obviously been in in, in incredible form in the league. Um, Helped a huge amount by that front three and the strength of Salah and and um, Bobby Firmino and uh, Mane, who seems to be coming back to form lately as well. Um, how do you go about approaching a game like this, you know, knowing what you know of our of our strengths? We'll be at home again. Naturally, you'd assume Rafa is going to be conservative, sit deep, and look to counter. Is it as simple as that, or do you think he'll try and tailor um, the, the, the team selection to deal with the, the threats that we have? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think out of our remaining fixtures, the the, the away matches against you and, and Tottenham are the two that I sort of don't expect anything from at all. I think you can go into matches against Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, maybe not expecting something, but hopeful of something. But I just don't, I, I'm not hopeful at all at the weekend. You've been in, in great form recently. Salah can't stop scoring. Mane and Firmino are doing really well. And, uh, I think also Chamberlain has been really impressive since Coutinho left. Um, he hasn't started every game, but when he has started, I think he's looked really good just behind the front three. So it's, it, it, the, pro- the difficulty I see playing against Liverpool is with Man City, it's not as quick. Like the, the build of play is more, it's, it's not slow, but it's, they, they prefer to play in front of defenses, whereas Liverpool are so quick and they try to, you know, put Salah in, put Mane in. It's just, it's just non-stop and it's so difficult to concentrate for long periods against that attack. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to set up deep. <laughs> we won't want much of the ball. I think we're going to try and not let you have too much space behind our back four to 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 get runs in behind because I think that's probably when you're at your most dangerous, getting Salah in behind, getting Mane in behind, picking those passes from deep. So I think that's what we're going to try and restrict. And yeah, try try and play on the counter attack. I don't think Shelby's going to be fit, which is quite a big blow because it's sort of long passing is is crucial in, in games like this. I think he, it was him that got the assist in the, in the first game, even though it wasn't the best goal. It was his pass that sort of picked the back four open. So I think that's going to be a big miss if he does miss out. Uh, Marino is likely to come in, and he's he he probably is one of our most talented players, but he's just not really been at it since his injury. So it'd be interesting if he can come in and, and have a good game. But yeah, I think we'll, we'll try and sit deep, soak in a lot of pressure, try and keep the scoreline down and see if we can get to the last 20 minutes with either level or one down and then maybe attack from there. I think that's what we did against Man City. Uh, we, 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 we didn't do awfully against them. I think the first game was 1-0 and we, we nearly equalised late on and then the second game. 3-1 and we got a goal and it got back to 2-1 and then it got interesting but yeah I think it's going to be it's something like that and mm. probably have Dwight Gale can try and get his pace in behind I try, was about try to say it. you are in possession of the amulet which is <laughs> Liverpool's uh, kryptonite in terms of Dwight Gale um, he scored two goals did he score both of them at the weekend or was it or just, just, just one of them but I think it was 
Yeah, yeah, he got both of them. Oh yeah, but I thought I saw that he he he'd broken a sort of a long scoring duck for him, uh, him as well. So is it is it fair to say that he's he's coming back to form, or is it just literally what one one game is uh, too easy to read into that? No, I, th- I think it's quite important. I think Gail was quite a, a confidence-based player. I think his goals in the championship came in, in runs, so hopefully he's, he's getting into form just at the right time and he can get three or four more goals before the end of the season. Um, so I think he's going to be important. He's pacing behind. Um, and we'll look to use set-piece as well. LaSalle is, is a threat from set-pieces. Lejeune is quite good in the air. Um, Richie's got good delivery. Kennedy's got good delivery. So be it. I think that's that's an area we can look to to exploit as well. As long as we get up the pitch high enough to win the the free kicks and corners that we need, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be a pretty watch. I don't think we're going to try and try and attack. I just don't think that's realistic at all. I think if you offered Benitez a a two nil a two one right now, he'd probably take it and, and keep that goal difference down to a to a to a good level because that could come into play at the end of the season. And right now we are pretty good in comparison to the other teams down there. So I think that's probably going to be his main priority. Of course, he'd like to get something from it, but just it's difficult to see. It's, it's, it's just scary <laughs> thinking about going to Anfield. We have, although, you know, since Benita's got appointed, we've had two two games against you and, and drawn both of them. I just don't think that's a... It's difficult to see us getting anything from this. So <laughs> I'd like to be confident, but it, it's very difficult. If, if maybe your Champions League tie was more interesting than it was and you needed to rest players for that might might have been interesting but that that's dead so <laughs> your big game is probably probably against us and getting into that top four and so yeah it's yeah. it's worrying that's going to be interesting as well because i think you mentioned that if you do have those occasions where you get forward or you have a set piece or a corner things like that um we've also become sort of very good at countering from corners it seems which is kind of absurd but um uh, Obviously, there's been huge coverage of Salah and um, Mane Firmino. Uh, you mentioned Chamberlain there as well a little bit, but uh, it, it it can be one of those four. But I just want just wanted your opinion on sort of what, um, as a fan from looking on the outside in, um, what, what sort of aspect of Liverpool or a particular player has impressed you the most this season? Is, is it one of those uh, front three? Yeah, it's de- definitely those front three, but I think they've probably been talked about enough. So somebody yeah, else yeah. I've been really impressed. <laughs> somebody else I've been really impressed by is uh, Andrew Robertson at left back. I think he's been really, really good. Uh, sort of eased eased into the team. He wasn't wasn't given a great deal of game time at the beginning of the season, but you know it's a step up to a bigger club. He's probably got to learn the style of play. He's got to to adapt to to being away from a team fighting relegation and challenging for trophies. So the way he's come in, he's he's been really, really good, I think. The way he gets forward, his crossing, his work work rate, I think in the Man City game there's that that one clip of him just just going absolute crazy across oh, yeah. the, the front the line. Most just but yeah. great to look at <laughs> <laughs> But it was just it just shows I just think it was it was a might not have been the greatest bit of, you know, tactical awareness where he was on the pitch, but it's just the way he bought into to the style of play, the way he'd never get, you know, his his his, his passion is and everything. I think he's been a really good fit, and for eight million, you know, you can't complain at those prices. So he's really impressed me. Um, Emery Chan's impressed me again, but he probably impresses everyone. He's really really good. Um, if you lose him, that would be a big blow. And I, th- I think Carrius as well recently, he's been pretty good. I think I just think the whole team's playing quite well at the moment. Even Lovren has, has been all right recently. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I just, that's very charitable. Everything is clicking. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it has been rosy. It's also some rosy times at the moment, which is, I think it's always important to sort of uh, 
enjoy them whilst they're there and um yeah i think across the pitch you, you mentioned robertson there i think it's, it's it's been really interesting to see how he's grown into the role and uh, incredible energy just really incredible energy the, the way in which he gets around the pitch and is still going late on um so yeah i'm sure they worked very hard on the fitness work with him early in the season and carries yeah it's been, it's been good i'm hoping that he doesn't concede from a no shots on target shot again this um this weekend because uh, he, he's developed a good run of late and um been making some important saves as well so um all right, Jack. I know you've got to shoot off before we go into the Liverpool section. So um, just get your prediction from you now. Then, I mean, um, is your heart saying draw? Um, head saying that you don't expect to get anything from the game. What, what, what would your prediction be for for this weekend? Yeah, I'm. I'm not massively confident. If we're at home, I'd be a little bit more confident. But going away to Anfield is always tough, uh, especially in the form you're in at the moment, just scoring so many goals. But Benitez has shown this season he's really he, he comes alive in matches like this. These are the matches that he wants to manage in. He might not have the players to, to go toe to toe, but he'll have a plan. He'll 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 have something in mind. And we we've, we've in our last ten Premier League games, I think we've lost twice, and both of them were against Man City. So we're no we're no means just really bad. We're we we're, we're not we're a competent team. We're 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 fine. I think you know we've got a bit of confidence. We do we can score goals, but it's whether we can get the ball to actually cause any threat I think I think if, if yeah I, th- I think it's if we can keep the score down I think that's got to be our main objective at Anfield I think if we can I think it'll be a be a 2-3-1 to Liverpool I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hopeful of getting a goal I, I, I'm hopeful of a point but it is difficult it's, if, if you weren't in as good a form you know but yeah you're, you're, you're very very good at the moment so I'd, I'd say a Liverpool home win sadly but hopefully it's not it's not an absolute disastrous one for us and does anything to, to batter our confidence ahead of the last nine games that we need to get the points to stay up No I think yeah I think as a sort of condescending and I, I don't mean it this way at all um, as it perhaps comes across but I think loads of Liverpool fans would be going can we just get a 1-0 win or something just to leave as little sort of um, negative sort of psychological impact on Newcastle and Rafa I think we're, everyone here is, is obviously behind uh, you guys staying up and uh, and seeing Rafa do that for you. Um, I think we've been sort of somehow like in uh, even when he came back to the Premier League with Chelsea, it's, it's, it's been quite strange. There's always that sort of sense of unfinished business with Rafa at Liverpool. So I think there's a huge affinity still there. So definitely be uh, be rooting for you guys to to avoid the drop and you know two wins in a row following the Liverpool game or whatever and you're what up to <laughs> up to 7th or 8th something stupid like that so <laughs> something like I think yeah you're definitely helped by the fact of just how tight it is um, uh, down there aside for West Brom because of course Alan Pardew doing a terrible terrible job there so thanks so much Jake um, for all that insight on Newcastle talking all things Liverpool with Guy um, Guy obviously Plenty of interesting stuff there from Jake in relation to Newcastle. They've got their own struggles, their own battles this season. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about the game in a second. But in terms of Liverpool, uh, it's pretty rosy at the moment, isn't it? In terms of a fully fit squad, seem to be in great form, uh, seem to be better drilled than ever at sort of depressing and what Klopp's asking from the team. He's got plenty of time to spend uh, with the team after each game, it seems. You know, plenty of time on the coaching pitch and... Um, even maligned players, I'm sure we'll talk about a few of them, one being James Milner, of course, contributing at a high level as well, which can always be 
a positive thing. It help you push over the edge and uh, and get those extra points um, where you didn't think they were going to come. But just before we get into that, I mean, what did you make of the performance against West Ham? And do you think it's indicative of sort of how we've really improved over the past year and so uh, at dealing with teams that just come with one game plan, which is to sit deep and try and counter? Yeah, I think the West the West Ham game kind of summarised our season quite well. I mean, last season our, our struggles against these uh, low block, uh, lower in the league teams was was our, was our Achilles heel, wasn't it? I mean, that that's what cost us a, a title race rather than a top four race. But this season um, we we have fixed that. I mean, we have slipped up against the bigger teams compared to last season. But I'd I'd rather beat all the all the bad teams than the uh, every good team because there's more bad ones. But yeah, the, the West Ham game it was it was weird because obviously there was um, they they had a couple chances and Carrius made a couple of saves. But after after uh, the second save where it was uh, more comfortable than the chipped one, um, we kind of just we didn't really get out of third gear and we just kind of controlled the game. And I won't say we were cutting open at will, but it got to the stage where we didn't need to. We we were fully in control. I mean, this seems to be a Liverpool team that doesn't need to be winning by three goals nowadays because we may screw up in the last couple of minutes. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say we're ever comfortable by winning with one goal. Um, we're not. We're not at that stage yet. But if we're if we're winning by two, um, or three, there's literally no worry. I mean, we saw that. Um, against West Ham as well, where West Ham got the goal. I mean, probably a foul on Chan, but it was sloppy. Um, and then it, after the goal went in, we just went, all right, just keep the ball, keep the ball. And then we went up and scored. <laughs> it's uh, it's really great to see. And it, it seems to be that Klopp's taken us onto another another evolution of, of Liverpool. And, and it's good to see. And uh, we're, we seem to be improving every game. But since Van Dyke's came in, we've looked, so much more assured. I mean, we're not. We are still lightning going forward, but the back would just look more stable, even if we still do have an odd, odd bit of a mistake. But it's how we, it's how we react to those mistakes that seems to be the the biggest improvement we've seen. We've seen at times where one turns into three. I mean, Man, Man City before Van Dijk was settled. That that's what happened there. But since then, we've not really had um, defensive collapses apart from the West Brom game. No, for sure. I think. Uh... Van Dyke and Carius as well. I think people are mentioning them in in terms of sort of the mm, increased yeah. calm at the back. There seems to be a good relationship growing there between the two. And um, there was even that moment, wasn't there? I think I think we, I mentioned it in the post match raw pod actually when a little bit of a mix up between Carius and Van Dyke. But then uh, between himself, Matip, and Van Dyke, they, they played their way out of it. And then Carius hits a first time pass to Robertson that sets up a, eventually a goal. So it's 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 a uh, it's all positive back there, and I was saying to Trev and, and and Dave that what it seems like is we're starting to get to the case where, for a while, I think we've had as it Mane and Salan and Bobby who, if they miss a chance, they're the sort of players who it doesn't really affect them. They'll, they'll they'll try and do exactly the same thing five minutes later, and they'll end up scoring or whatever. So it, it really just 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 washes over them, and it seems to be getting to that stage. Hopefully, at the back as well, where. Yep, you can make an error. I'm not going to agonise over this all game. I'm confident in my own game. I'll get on with it. Whereas we know in the past with Lovren and uh, Mignolet, they're two players who seem to have really, really, um, when they do make an error, they can't get it out of their head and they uh, suffer as a result. I mean, just looking at that um, West Ham game, there was some sort of obvious eye-catching performances in that Robertson. Um, Salah, I think it's worth mentioning just because he's, 
he's he's always incredible. Sometimes we don't talk about it enough, to be honest, but he's (laughs) doing some sensational, sensational stuff. Um, But really, yes, Salah Robertson, um, uh, maybe touch a little bit more on Milner, because obviously that's been a bit of a shock for us in the past couple of games. Um, And Emre as well. What do you make of them in terms of sort of key performers of late? I think every I think everyone's kind of stepped up to a certain consistent level, really. Um, it's it's just Salah's level being in the clouds, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, there's there's no point talking about Salah until he turns has a bad performance, but that hasn't happened yet because I, I don't think this is form. This is just like normal, <laughs> unless he starts scoring like four games a go- uh, four goals a game. It's probably not worth talking about. Just like ah, oh, Salah did his thing again. Um, but no, the other, the other people seem to have stepped up. Mane's got better. I mean, he was still doing goals and stuff, but he seemed to be looking better now. Uh, Firmino, he's he stepped up hugely. Um, but they're they're probably not the surprising ones. But as you say, um, Chan, he seems to have this weird thing where he just goes into another gear after Christmas. Maybe he really likes New Year or something. He takes his New Year resolution really, really seriously. I mean, we've seen it in his whole Liverpool career where he just seems to step up. It's uh, it's kind of weird, but as you say, the uh, the uh, probably the weirdest one is probably Milner, because we saw it last season. This this time last year, Milner was literally dead on his feet, wasn't he? He played left back, um, and he was famed for his cut, cut back crosses about a hundred a game. And I think it was it, this was the time where it kind of got to boiling point, and everyone was getting getting fuming with us. Um, but no, this season, obviously back in central midfield, I think playing in a in a three um, helped him a lot more than playing in a two. Um, but he, he he really has stepped up. I mean, you can see you can see uh, that he used to be um, a very good player. I mean, Aston Villa is probably his best period as, as a starter. I mean, Man City, he, he's had a lot of time, but he, he kind of lost his spot eventually. But now you can see the value he brings to the squad. I mean, at the moment, he's probably 100% a starter, but... Before this season, I think my my feelings on James Milner were, were highly were well known um, throughout AI pods. But <clears throat> if he keeps playing like this, I know he's on a high, I know he's on a, sh- uh, a lot of money. Um, but you can see the value he brings into the squad, and I'm quite happy keeping James Milner uh, versatile. Doesn't let you down. I mean, the minimum you're going to get to six out of ten, unless you're going to put him in a defensive position, which I, I don't really want to see that anymore. But as as this one of the eights, he seems to just just churn out decent performances and it, it's been more than decent for Milner in in recent times and that that's great to see because this this is the final stretch and although we are seemingly favourites for second or third um, or certainly favourites to get keep in the top four it, we still need to keep this momentum going we, we still need players like Milner stepping up well, I don't want to point your finger but just use Ginny as an example who had had a couple of good performances recently, but when players are when players are off form, we need players like Milner, who may not have been seen as 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 our stars, to just keep up a certain level and keep the t- team churning. And I think we we kind of have a spine of, of uh, consistent players now. We've got well, maybe a bit earlier, Cole Carrier's <clears throat> consistent, but he, he, he's certainly in good form at the moment. Van Dijk, he, he, I can't, <laughs> I just can't picture him having a stinker of a game. Um, Chan. Has the odd odd moment, but he seems to be very consistent for me. Anyway, I think people probably dispute that. But Milner, as I said, consistent. The the front three they they don't they don't go below seven. So I think this the spine of the team is now seeming more consistent, and you can see that in the team. Where I don't think there's any worry against any opposition really. I mean, going into Man City game a few weeks ago, I wasn't really worried, and. Um, 
unfortunately, that was followed by Swansea. But I'm not worried about anything now. I'm not. I'm not worried about players, a group of players having a stinker, as you as you pointed out earlier. Menule and Lovren, they're the, probably the main culprits. But they seem. I mean, Lovren still got a part to play. Um, <coughs> but I don't have to. I don't have to worry about like half our spine now, which is just beautiful. No, it's true. I think both in sort of the performances they're putting on the pitch, but also you think mentality-wise as well, it seems to be getting stronger. Van Dijk, um, an important cog there. Milner, we, we sort of know, despite how he performs on the pitch at times, I think he, he probably rates himself incredibly highly and, and has yeah. that strong mentality. Uh, Karius as well strikes me as somebody who just doesn't really let things bother him too much, um, especially now that he's been given a prolonged run inside. So that's... That's definitely going to be interesting. You focus on Robertson a little bit. Obviously, I know that um, we're both Moreno fans as well, and I think it's interesting to see the way in which um, both of them have been used this season. Moreno obviously having that injury. Uh, Robertson really stepped up of late and um, looking more tactically astute as well in terms of how he's using the ball. Uh, clearly, bit some coaching work's paid off as well, and pretty incredible energy as well. Um, had sort of a standout performance against West Ham, I thought, Um on top of some good ones, of course, in Europe as well against Porto. Um, what have you made of him so far? Um, is, it, is it bittersweet watching watching Robbo do so well? Or is it just great for us that we, um, however long Moreno or um, stays, if he's going to be second choice, but is it great that we have good competition in that spot now? And, and as you mentioned, we're not having to watch Milner cut back in on his right mm-hmm. and float one uh, out of play. Um, yeah, it is, it is a tad bit of sweet. I mean, I was enjoying uh, Moreno being one of the best, probably the best left back, considering the amount of left wing backs there is now in the league. Uh, I was enjoying Moreno probably being one of the best left backs in the country uh, for half a season. But for the other, for this half of the season, it seems like Robertson's just going to slip in there and still and be the, be the other best left back in the country. So uh, I, I tweeted this um, the other day. It's mad that we've gone from a midfielder playing left back to having probably the two best left-backs in the country at, at the, t- at the uh, times they've played um, in that position. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to... It, it, even even me, Moreno's biggest fan, it, it, it's hard to <clears throat> make the argument of bringing Moreno back in because Robertson has been phenomenal. But as, as you say, the competition there... It, it, it's probably the safest position on on the uh, pitch, really, unless, unless, someone, unless we start bringing in Messi to compete with uh, Salah. <laughs> um, but no left back. It, it, it's weird how football works. I mean, we've gone since what Aurelio, who never played, not having a left back, and now we, now we've got two very very good ones. Um, I mean, Moreno still has this baggage from the fan base that it's never really affected me, obviously. But I think it's undeniable at this point that we've still we've got two two very good left backs, and whoever's first choice, it, it, it seemingly is Robbo at the put at the moment, but. We know we know injuries happen as shown by Moreno. That's why Robertson got his cha- got his chance. But it, it, it's great to see that <clears throat> that Robertson took took his chance. And I mean, at the early stages, he still saw parts of his game that were a bit bit like a whole player. I mean, he was whacking in crosses for a target man, which we don't have. But you look at him now; he, he's keeping the ball a lot more. I mean, he still probably crosses more than Moreno does, but he's he's still he's still only been here a matter of months. He's not even been here a year. So give it give it more time, and we'll, we'll see him. This this work, the link up play with Mane with the midfield. I mean, he seems to have a decent relationship with Milner in terms of defensive work. Um, 
but there's there's obviously a very good player in in uh, in Robertson. And I think he's on, I think he's only 23, so he probably still can get better, which is probably the scary bit. But yeah, at left back, it, it's undeniably one of our one of our more safest positions, and I'm I'm, I'm hugely enjoying it. No, it's, it's interesting as well. I think because of the um, yeah, the way in which that sort of position was scrutinised so heavily last season, with Milner having played there, with with Moreno having the odd game in there, and uh, I remember sort of, sort of the the criticism that was labelled at Moreno quite a lot uh, outside of sort of the brainless challenges, etc., and things like that would be, oh, he's out, he's out of position again. Look at him, he's out of position again. And then, you know, lo and behold, we have um, plenty of examples against West Ham, plenty of examples against Porto as well, to be honest, yeah. where uh, Robertson's miles out of position because he, he really does have license like both fullbacks do to go. And when they go, they go. <laughs> and and um, I guess it's just it's benefiting him now that, I mean, obviously there's always the, there's, there's the classic British bias, but then there's always Milner now who putting in some really astute performances having played that position for an entire season just fills in quite nicely for him um and generally i think people are sort of gradually becoming more accustomed to the idea that it's just the system and the fourth goal against west ham doesn't happen if both fullbacks don't bomb on so perhaps even moreno's a little bit of of a victim of coming so early in that uh in that process whereas i think now people sort of get it a little bit there's the other situation where Robertson tried to press the goalkeeper. Moreno did that earlier in the season. He got knocked for it because they went up the field and scored. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting situation, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're both good. (laughs) Exactly. I think that should be the way it's looked at. Um, Obviously, with the Newcastle game coming up, only three days between that and the Porto game, would you expect much rotation then? Or or do you think we're going to play stronger side against Newcastle and then uh, look to play a sort of a sort of a second string side against Porto given that um uh, just a professional job should do it. Um I think we'll go full strength against uh, Newcastle. But it depends because we seem to be doing a bit more horses for courses, don't we, especially in midfield. Um so I think we'll probably see Chan or Henderson. Uh, normally one plays the Champions League. It was it was Chan earlier on in the season. So I think we'll see one or the other um um, but then midfield-wise, it's probably not a game for Ginny, where I'd probably play him against Porto again, so maybe Ox and Milner, and then um, defence, just Carrius, Robbo, um, Van Dijk, they're probably the the, uh, the free uh, 100% playing ones. It, it's weird, I mean, he, he seems to rotate right centre-back depending on who we're playing. I mean, Matip against the low-block teams because he's better on the ball than Lovren, whereas Lovren, if we're going to be under threat, I mean, people will probably be like, why would we want Lovren as the defensive one? But <clears throat> when when it seems to be that we're under f- or a bit more defending to do, he, he seems to trust Lovren a bit more. Uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure if that is the case, but it might be just how it, how it's, the rotation's worked out. But I'd probably play Matip because I imagine Newcastle will sit back and try and uh, play deep and counter attack, so I'd probably play Matip for his his ball playing um, ability. I'd play Trent um, right back because he's 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 been excellent since uh, Gomez had his. I think he had a little knock, and then Trent had to play. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd play Trent against Newcastle, and then the Portal game. I I think we'll go rotated. I won't I won't say a weakened team. I mean, we'll probably give. Um, Put Gomez back in, get him back up to speed. Moreno back in, Van Dijk one over, and then the other six. Then just pick one of the random midfielders. Um, I I still expect the front three to play every game because 
I think I think Sy Brundish um, said because of the rotation, uh, it shouldn't be a problem playing them games. But I think if we obviously get a chance to take an early sub, um, that'll probably be the best situation. Just just keep things ticking on. Obviously, we got United afterwards, so I think um, momentum's key, and we don't want to have a kind of throwaway game in the middle of the week that may disrupt us a little bit. But at the same time, we don't want to play a weakened team and then like lose 2-0 or something to Porto. No. Uh, but it, it, is, it is a weird dilemma to be in. I mean, there's not many other teams probably other than Man City who, who can just go into the second leg of a knockout stage and just go, oh, I'll just play second string. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? No, I think so as well. And I think then that brings us on, before we talk, to the, talk about the game, I mean... What are your ambitions then for the rest of the season? You, you mentioned we're we're in a good moment, as a, as Klopp would say, uh, have been for the majority of the season. Really, uh, City doing some historical stuff up top, so um, the league's not you know, not in question. But uh, I, I look at that Man United game and I think to myself, I, I would really really enjoy if we if we get a goal early on. I think we can swamp them. Really, I do think so. And. Uh, uh, I've, I've been speaking to some friends of mine who who support United, and they've been terrified about the prospect of Chris Smalling <laughs> against against any of our front three <laughs> for weeks now. Um, and it's about time De Gea, we just make sure he can't stop them all because um, I'm not having him rescue them again. So uh, he, had, he had a mistake the other day, so we got to wait like another two years or something. Uh, I, 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 I don't care if it's a mistake; just just <laughs> hit it very hard at him a number of times, and, and eventually he's going to have to give in. But um, yeah, what are your sort of expectations, ambitions? How deep do you think we can go in the Champions League? Uh, do you think we should be looking to finish second? What are you thinking? Um, in terms of the league, I think we should be looking to finish second. I mean, the probably real measurement is how close we can finish to Man City, whether that is in second or third. I mean, depending. I mean, United and well, everyone in the everyone in the top four race can go on can go on a huge run and get as close to possible but I think we I think second is the aim I mean I think Henderson came out the other day saying we got to put pressure on Man City but it it, it yeah let, let's see how close we can get I mean no one realistically thinks Man City are going to like implode because that'd be like that'd be history breaking in every sport not just football uh, I don't think anyone would screw up that much n- never mind the the most expensive team in football um, but yeah try to get second try and get a gap between second and third. I think that's probably the best we can hope for in the league is see if we can be the best of the rest quite comfortably and then build on it for next season um, and so forth. In terms of the Champions League, it, it's weird because obviously we, well, we should be <laughs> be in the uh, in the quarterfinal. Um, oh, we will be in the quarterfinal. We, we're not that, we, we can't screw up that much. Um, obviously a lot depends on the draw, but I mean, I'd, I'd love to get to a semi-final um, but it, it's weird. I, mean, I think didn't you and Dave discuss it the other day about? Oh no, no, Dave. Dave discussed it on Red's review last night um, about the Champions League, and I kind of agree that he said we could uh, take on anyone and give them a game at Anfield, and I kind of yeah. agree. Um, I haven't seen anybody so far that I think is strikes me as someone who I'd, I'd be far. scared of. I think Real Madrid are in disarray. I think Barcelona, hugely talented side, but. They seem to struggle at times with Chelsea's press, and yeah, I'm, <laughs> I got news for them <laughs> if, if they think <laughs> that's, that's bad. They're not, they're um, not <laughs> I've had a sort of like um, 
lingering suspicion that Bayern Munich are going to sort of pull it out from under the like, they're, they're the one quietly one. go about it. I wouldn't like to play them at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I, I feel pretty confident about. And also the English sides as well. I don't. Really, I don't want to face Spurs. I, I would uh, Juventus. I'd fancy as um, City. Obviously, if we can avoid them for a while, that'd be quite nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the uh, Bayern point, especially. I think they have the the most complete team at the moment. I think if you look throughout the rest of the rest of the team, just uh, now, now all over yeah, the pitch. They just they have they're so complete. I mean. Even with Newer out, they still have a decent goalkeeper. Got a very good defence, good midfield, good good attacking line. Uh, the only thing that may happen is that Lewandowski may may want to be leaving. So hopefully that causes a bit of infighting or something uh, if we got them. But yeah, uh, avoid Bayern Munich because they 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 look so complete. Um, Real Madrid, as you say, they're in disarray, but they're still performing in the Champions League. If they knock out PSG, I imagine they'd probably go back to being favourites. Um, if they could just focus on Champions League, that's probably a worry. But Barcelona's a weird one because I never want to play Messi, um, especially with some of the weaknesses we have. I know I've just talked about how we're improving, but Messi, Messi can take that improvement and shove it right in our face again. Um, but they have they have a lot of um, weaknesses as well. I mean, you saw it against Chelsea; they weren't they weren't um, exactly the best at the back. I mean, Umtiti seems like a good player. PK seems a bit past it in my opinion and the the fullbacks aren't, aren't that great so Barcelona would be an interesting game I mean I wouldn't want Barcelona um, but uh, I think the ideal one would probably be Roma or Shakhtar whoever yeah. wins that one um, there's something as, great about the idea of, of of Coutinho watching from the stands though isn't it as 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 we sort of do do Barca be over two legs <laughs> if we got them in the final then he'd have to come uh, yeah. that's very true That'd, that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all right with anyone. I think I'd probably like to avoid Man City and Bayern most. That'd probably be the one. No, I think you're right. I think you're right for sure. But it's it's great that that optimism is amongst the fan base. I mean, I, I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I thought following January where we just didn't, didn't do, the way January ended, I thought that we were taking a gamble. I still think we've taken a gamble, yeah. to be honest. We, yeah. we, we've got those games left and we're in great form. Fantastic to see everyone playing so well. Um, yeah, the only thing touch wood would be uh, injuries that could derail us. Now you'd imagine, but um, yeah, I, I, I was I was leaning towards being a bit doubtful again. But the way in which we've responded has has been great, and um, yeah, I think if if we can finish strongly uh, this season rather than what happened last last season where we, we did all the hard work and then sort of fell over the line at the end, I want us to be really sprinting across the line. Uh, in, in both competitions to see what we can do. Um, like I think we do have the ability. But um, to touch upon this weekend's um, this weekend's game then, and uh, Rafa returning to, to Anfield, got a huge task on his hands to keep Newcastle up, um, although the quality of the league um, below 10 is, is, so, is such that you know, a couple of wins here and there, uh, three wins on the bounce, for example, and you'd probably be safe, which is, which is crazy. Um, but um, you expecting him to approach the game in a similar manner uh, the Moyes did at Anfield in terms of being very conservative, focusing, trying to double up on players where they can and then countering uh, with obviously the talisman who I mentioned with Jake earlier, uh, Dwight Gale. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be kind of like Moyes, but probably a lot better because he's a better manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we can't. We saw it in the uh, St. James's game, which I had the unfortunate uh, joy of being at and 
I continue my curse of never seeing Liverpool win in person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, we know what we know what Rafa will do. Um, he'll, he'll sit back. <clears throat> He'll he'll play on the counter attack, be compact, and yeah, it, it it probably won't be the the greatest sight for us. But we have we have seen Rafa um, do well against big teams. I mean, I think they beat Manchester United the other week. Uh, I think they competed with Man City for a, a large chunk of the game. So so they do have they do have the capability of keeping teams out and beating big teams. It's just the fact that our Anfield form is is so good, isn't it? So. We should be winning, um, but Newcastle have a good team. I think they have a couple injuries with Shelby, who seems to be a key player, but not the best defensively, so it might, there might not be a big miss for him uh, for this game. But, uh, yeah, it's I'm more scared of Rafa than any player they've got. That That's the problem. Yeah, it's about, it's about what you think he's got planned, some of the... Uh, you, you got tasked with trying to keep out this front three or keep them quiet for an entire game. You think that's probably probably beyond the quality of the squad that they've got. But as you mentioned, you, and you you witnessed it firsthand, uh, we lost early in the season and they didn't have a shot on target, <laughs> which is pretty remarkable to the Hossolu scoring without meaning to. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, but you'd imagine, uh, I mean, that goal doesn't happen with 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 with, with Karius and the team, does it? I mean, the high line that he, he typically holds, things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of the key battles, you mentioned Shelby being out there. Diame has been been good of late. The uh, cell at the back should be back for them, and they've got a much better record when he's he's with them. Where do you see do you see it following a similar pattern to the Newcastle game? Then, in ter- sorry, the West Ham game then, in terms of how we approach it. I mean, the makeup of that midfield: Milner, Ox, and um, Emery. <coughs> Fantastic hair. Um, do you think it's going to be the same? Um, I think Henderson may play instead of Chan. I think we'll we'll, we'll save uh, Chan for the Champions League game. Um, actually, yeah, I think that's the way. Because I just remembered that Chan is one booking away from uh, being suspended, so I think we'll save Chan for the uh, Man United game. All right. So that there's some news for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll go Henderson, uh, Milner, Rocks. That's or, yeah, that's what I'll, that's what I'd go with. Um, in terms of duels, I think. Lascelles is obviously the key player there, but I think the other centre back, um, if I think Lascelles plays on the right, so the other centre back will have a big job helping the left back with with Salah and not getting dragged out by Bobby. Um, in terms of them, um, I think their wing is obviously quite dangerous. I mean, I think it's it's kind of Richie uh, Kennedy and Artsu, so whichever three, whichever two of the three play, I think they've got to. They're probably the main threat because then Kennedy and Natsu, especially, they're, they're the pacey outlet. Whether they're playing on the left or the right, they they got to try and use the space left by um, the fullbacks, probably, probably Robertson, who's known for his attacking. Um, so probably try and use the space left by Robertson. And which centre backs uh, would you go with as well? Because we've seen chopping and changing between Matip and uh, Lover and alongside Van Dyke. Do you think it's we're going to see some consistency here or just really horses for courses or just chopping and changing again? Um, I'd keep Matty, but it's 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 unknown what Klopp's thinking is with regards to the, to the spare centre back. It's just mad at the moment. But as as I said earlier, I'd pick Matty because as we as we've been saying, I think Newcastle will will sit back and we've we've seen in the last few ga- or the last few games Matty's played that his his passing has been very useful in terms of bla- breaking down low blocks. So I'd play Matty just for that. Try and get balls past the midfield. I mean Diame and. If, I'm not sure if, if Marino will play or whoever's whoever's yeah, going to be playing. Yeah, so 
if we try and if we try and get through um, the press and the, and the and the low block midfield, I think Matip will be will be key in that. And so I'd I'd play him and then probably Lovren midweek just just to just to give Porto a chance. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. And in terms, obviously, I think uh, speaking to Jake earlier on about sort of the affection that Rafa's still held in, really. And have you seen much from Newcastle this season? How do you think they're going to do? Do you think they'll be able to avoid the drop because he's got that experience and uh, that tactical uh, sort of intelligence to set them up uh, to get enough points prior to the end of the season? Um, yeah, I think I think, this, I think they'll stay up. I think the squad's got. Some deficiencies, but I think since Lascelles came back, they obviously had a bit of a barren run when he was out injured. But if Lascelles stays fit, I think they'll stay up. Um, I don't want to say comfortably; I don't want to jinx them. Just just for Rafa uh, and a couple of my mates, and Newcastle fans as well. Um, but if they if they keep their key players fit, probably Lascelles um, get Slomani back. Dwight Gale seems to be doing stuff in, uh, at this level now. Matt Ritchie step up a bit. I think I think they should be they should be fine. I mean, West Brom, if if they rescue this, it'll be bloody it's miraculous. It's yeah, really glorious. I mean, Alan Pardew take, taking them to Barcelona as well. Taking them to Barcelona, losing his <laughs> losing his phone and his wallet. I wonder how. I wonder how that happened. Um, uh, I wonder where he. Gareth Barry's toxic. I wonder where he was. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, just to wrap up then, Guy, I mean, in terms of a score prediction, what, what would you go for then for the game? Um, I don't think we'll smash them because I don't think Rafa would let them get smashed. So I'll I'll, I'll go 2-0. A nice solid 2-0 there. Another clean yeah. sheet. Wow, Linda's, Linda's going to be really <laughs> happy. Yeah, I think I think similar actually. I'll, I'll go 3-0. Um, I, think we're, I think we do have too much. Maybe get a nice stat, stat padding goal late on. That, <laughs> that'd be nice. But... Um, Anyway, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for giving us all that on, on, on Liverpool and, and thanks to Jake earlier on. Um, to everyone who's listened, uh, let's hope it's a nice positive result this weekend leading into the Porto game. Uh, yeah, arriving into a second leg of a Champions League game or Champions League tie, fairly comfortable. Thinking about rotation, second string. Who, who would have thought that at the start of the season? So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back shortly um, you know, previewing a small matter of uh, Man United versus Liverpool next time around. So, thanks for listening. Podcast Network.